In this conversation, Vikram Zuchi and Debashish Banerjee talk to Samit Das about his art practice. We look at proto-historic and aboriginal histories and how they have contributed to the vocabulary of Indian art forms. We also look at Das's engagement with the changing landscapes of modern Indian cities such as Kolkata, Jamshedpur, Shantiniketan, and Delhi. So hi everyone, uh, welcome to the Big Turtle Show. Um, this week we have uh, Samit Das and Debashish Banerjee. Uh, Debashish is an art historian and uh, based in California. Uh, and Samit is an artist um, from uh, Bengal, from Calcutta, and uh, doing some very- Sorry. I'm from Jamshedpur. I'm from Jamshedpur, but last 24 years I'm living in Delhi. I see. Okay. Okay. So I'm a Bengali, but uh, okay. I'm born and brought up in Jamshedpur. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for the sorry, correction. Sorry to interrupt you. Thanks sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Samit is doing some very exciting work, um, and I will let him explain uh, what he's up to. So, um, yeah, let's proceed. Uh, Devashish, would you like to start? Sure, sure, Vikram. Um, so, hello, everybody. This is Devashish Banerjee. Uh, I'm uh, an art historian. I uh, teach at the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco, where I hold a professorship in Indian philosophies and cultures. And um, I've known Shamit Das for many years. Uh, he is an artist and a scholar of uh, Indian uh, modernist art uh, and architecture. And uh, so it's a pleasure to have him uh, and talk to him about the kind of work he does, which is a, a, a special interest of mine as well. Uh, so Samit is a, uh, a practicing artist uh, who works on archives. And this is what's interesting, the way uh, we can develop a, a relationship with uh, Indian history in our present moment to contextualize where we are going. You know, our future can be a rootless future or it can be a future that is pushed by forces over which we have no control. Or we can have a deliberate relationship with the past in which we interpret how we are moving into the future. So this is what interests me about Summit's work. And uh, he has worked on a variety of media. And at present, he is living in Delhi and he has a, a, a recognizable status, both as a scholar, he has grown up in Shantiniketan and uh, he uh, has written a book on the architecture of Shantiniketan. And he's also really interested in looking at the period of Bengal art of the nationalist period and how that has to some extent been uh, relegated, uh, suppressed, and to some extent holds potentials for the future. So with that, I think I'll uh, let Samit speak a little bit about his interest in Indian history and in uh, art practice as archival practice. Samit, would you like to say something and then we can take the conversation further. 
Thank you, uh, Devashishtar, Professor Banerjee. Thank you, Vikram. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Samit Das, an artist and researcher living in Delhi. Studied fine arts from Shantaniketan Kalahavan and also the post experience program from Gaborville College of Art in London. That's all about the book art I have studied. Well, uh, Devashishtar has mentioned about my interest about the architecture of Bengal and uh, also. Uh, the Indian art history, which is uh, related uh, with the Bengali school movement, and also the archive. So there are few components which is very much and uh, uh, closely integrated with my art practice. Earlier, I never had any idea about what is called archive. Actually, you know, from my childhood, I used to collect uh, these journals, magazine, greetings card, whatever, randomly, and I used to draw from them. Always. I mean, I used to use those kind of a reference for my drawing. So that is a kind of a beginning of my use of archive, perhaps, when I recall my memories of childhood. That, that, that's the early stage of my understanding or engagement with the archive. Then later on, when I studied in Calcutta Art College one year, then I left the uh, college and joined Shantaniketan. And it was a time, of course, uh, I was doing my dissertation paper. Before that, I didn't have much knowledge of Tagore or what the Bengali school is in that. It is all something to do with art historical studies. And as a student, I did it very superficial. It was not a very deep engagement, honestly, when I look back my student days. It's a very uh, clear self-confusion. So when I started doing my dissertation, then I realized it's a treasure trove material, treasure trove area to discover. And slowly, I discovered it is not just architecture, it is not just a space, but it's a whole movement. So that brought me, that stage brought me to study the Indian art past and how one can connect with my art practice because I was looking at the visuals. I am primarily a visual artist. I'm not a Tagore scholar, I'm not a, a kind of a PhD holder or something, no. But as an artist, how to connect with those visuals apart from research. I was very keen, I was very interested, very much interested on that. So I have finished my course in Shantaniketan, I did my dissertation, and of course I started living in Delhi doing my, started doing my job, but all those memories and resonance, the whole idea of archive and historical experience remain in my mind. And I thought I have to continue with that. And I have to join those ideas into my art practice. So that's how it has started. And of course, uh, there are a lot of branches joined with it, like a technique when you uh, work with the visual art, techniques are very important thing. The city, I'm, I'm living in a city like Delhi. It's nobody's city. People live uh, in uh, Delhi for 30 years, 40 years. Still, they say, no, we don't like that. It's very strange and every time in city like Delhi, you need to fight for your existence. And that existence never questioned when you are in Shantaniketan. So it's a very complex layer to come up. So my work has that sort of a complex layer with the material, with the methodology. And of course, I use a lot of direct reference. As I said, in childhood, I was copying greetings card. I was copying the calendar, even the god and goddesses calendar. You know, those kind of things are very much interesting for me. So still, I use the reference in my work. 
Devashita? Uh, yeah, yeah, very interesting, Shomit. So, uh, I think what is really interesting uh, is how you uh, have a conscious relationship with history, how uh, objects are placed in time for you. And uh, when you're talking about uh, Shantiniketan, and when we think about uh, the entire early period of Indian nationalism, from, say, 1905 to about you know, 1915, 1920, that first phase, there was a very conscious attempt to visit the past. It was also a great period for archaeology. Uh, you know, even the, the antiquity of Mohenjo-daro was being discovered in the 1920s. So we find that uh, how far does this identity construct of India go? that was itself in question. On the one hand, we have an orthodoxy, which is, you know, the legend and mythology that is constantly trying to push history back into some kind of prehistoric notion that we are, that is legendary. On the other hand, we have an actual archeological study that is going on that is trying to arrive scientifically at a understanding of roots. What is the root? Uh, so, uh, how do you relate to this, uh, Shomit? You also mentioned about this this fact about, you know, kind of copying or working with various uh, historical records. Uh, so, how do you relate to this uh, sense of the, you know, the, the early period of Indian nationalism and related to our understanding of present nationalism? Well, uh, it's a very complicated question. Let me go a little uh, uh, backdrop of my art practice. Uh, before I enter into archaeology, when I was doing the work with the Tagore Bengali school, then I find the Vivekananda's role. Of course, Vivekananda was a key figure to initiate a different movement, to make a conscious effort to look at village and rural and folk art. And then I thought, how we can connect the whole archaeological exploration because that's a kind of a very early and uh, ancient idea of form of art. I mean, of course, those are the time art form or articulation or art criticism, art history was never constructed. There is no existence word called art in those days. And Definitely, those, uh, as Devashisda mentioned, the Manjudarva and Harappa, which is kind of a very, very uh, strong, powerful resonance in my art practice, because those are very early reference of image making. Because as an artist, when I think of any image, I have to look for reference, and everybody has to look for a reference. Otherwise, how an image will develop? Because developing image takes ages, years, maybe a few hundred years, you know. So within five, 10 years, it is impossible to develop any image, the visual language. So visual vocabulary has to have some link from uh, the past. There is no other way. So that is the reason even I went back to the archeological reference directly. And also it is interesting, you know, uh, Galikrishna Thakur's house got first, uh, they hold the first exhibition of Manjodaro's uh, excavation object. In, uh, yeah. in Kolkata, where, right. where, where Rakhaldash Bandubadha has exhibited, 
yeah there are kalikrishna thakur uh, uh, kind of a hosted that whole exhibition in his house and i visited mm. that, that house it's quite exciting actually you know that energy brought me and of course when you look at archaeology when you study the images it dissolve your ego because thousands of years i mean uh, kind of a civilization uh, it is under the ground and still it is alive right you know? right right quite 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 yes in, indeed indeed from it i think that's what i find about your work where uh, there is a certain kind of spirituality in uh, the relationship with the uh, direct relationship with visual form you know i mean which is interesting which is very different from looking for spirituality in legends mythologies there is a visuality component and you are looking for that going way back into archaeology and into a search for uh, archaeological roots of uh, visual form so uh, you know you just talked about going to these sites looking at these forms and the kind of charge you felt you know that there is in in, in a sense a subjective kind of emotion and a subjective shakti one may say in uh, relating to these moments of history that are almost like uh, you know they have their own spiritual power so uh, you, you know would you like to say something about how that emerges in your art you see the word you were using spiritual of course uh, you know better than me it's a huge and very vast it has got a lot of different direction and depth but definitely what i believe in art and visual language it is a time it is a moment when i can really see the image you are looking at let's say some pot of manjudara harappa or some any object let's say one glass but one fine moment you realize some energy some image from that and that will never come back again to you that's very important for me and that is the beauty of the art of bengali school the art in asia even and that makes very very extraordinary from the western art and of course the modernism what uh, the term we are using the vashis the mention because i'm interested because india is a country here we have a complex layer different language different zones different state different economy different belief so there is a folk there is a legend there is a myth there is a oral history there is many layers it's not just a metropolis where 20 artists or 30 artists work so our modernism cannot be same as a western modernism the way they have looked at the whole economical structure the industrial development uh, the construction of the historiography all these things are completely different than us so idea of spiritualism again come to me in that way it is a kind of a self realization when you connect through your inner energy with that object with that sight let's say very simple example every day you do drawing but one day you enjoy most how and why it happened i think uh, that, that that's a kind of idea of spiritualism or spiritual aspects i believe otherwise it would not happen you cannot repeat actually quite quite i don't know whether i'm right or wrong but this is my no, sure basic sure no i i think i that. yeah i understand what you're saying which is exactly what i find interesting about how uh, 
your engagement with these objects from the past connects you to the roots of, of a language, uh, of a visual language that becomes alive in a sense. It, it informs time and it comes to, speaks to you today. And in that sense, it brings the entire train of history with it into that relationship, making you want to repeat it from today's vantage in a way. And I find that uh, I, I see uh, a, a lot of your work has to actually do with archaeology, that you're actually looking at excavations, sites, uh, you know, the, 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 the diagrams, uh, you know, things like that, and objects, uh, people working, uh, real sites and things like that. So that is one entire uh, genre of work that, 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 that interests you, is, is it not? What are the various areas that you've looked at there and what, what has it inspired you in terms of the series that you have developed? See, uh, I mean, I must say there are a few layers in this area. When I was uh, doing the Tagore project, definitely I've, I have started to looking at the whole idea. Uh, uh, I mean, realizing 20,000 or more than 20,000 photographs. The whole book, the text, the essay has built up from the visuals, not from the text actually. I never read Ravindra Rachanabuli, the Tagore essays first. I started looking at the photograph. The same thing I was realizing when I saw the Tagore family was sitting in the southern veranda with some uh, small folk toys. And then I see those toys has been uh, painted and drawn by Tagore family member like Abhanindranath and Abhanindranath in their painting. I got surprised and I said, okay, this is the study. So that is how they are uh, kind of looking at the past and bringing back to their own studies. It's a very interesting point. That is the initial. Then again, I realized, okay, how, how come Vivekananda's philosophy, because he was never an artist. Then again, I look back his writings and his uh, uh, travel route. Then I find whatever he has seen and he has written, which is incredibly important upon Indian art. And then, of course, the archaeology uh, um, is a subject where you start looking at the different form, different drawing, different structure. Of course, it has started with a different belief. And of course, they are, I'm sure they also have a spiritual belief because otherwise they would not make such a fascinating mother goddess and uh, other areas. It is not yeah. just for the worship. It is, I mean, yeah. the ports are not just for the storage of uh, these uh, uh, food grains to save exactly. the food grains. Because uh, there are certain shapes, there are certain dynamics. Uh, yes. And also the archaeological site itself it's a very intrigue movement when you look at the sectional view itself yeah. is a picture itself mm -hmm. is a picture actually and of course in the visual language again if i bring back to those elements i need to make a gateway to invite audience to yeah. read the visual language mm -hmm. because textual language is one side visual language is one side so right. that's how it goes with me actually Yes, 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 yes. What are the sites that have interested you, Shumit? Which are the, the specific archaeological sites that uh, are images, photographs, actual sites that have drawn your attention? See, this uh, Lothal is quite fascinating. Mm -hmm. And also, 
the Sigiriya site, the archaeological stream, there is excavation happening. Those are very, very interesting. And of course, the ASI journal, what I have experienced, I mean, uh, written by Oral State and many other ASI uh, authority. It is amazing the way they have done the entire documentation, drawn the maps. It's a very meticulous practice, actually. It's a very meticulous practice. I mean, I, of course, uh, I didn't have much chance to visit actual archaeological site, but definitely through the museum, through the books, through the videos, different way I have experienced. But uh, every time it's a new reading. So I find, of course, the rereading of archive, the animating the archive is also very important in my art practice. Of course, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. I think exactly what you're saying with the actual site has been carried into a variety of recorded forms, which constitutes the archive. And it is that that you find really interesting and important, is it not? It gives us the sense of historiography, that over time we are repeating our gaze into the past and we are reconstructing our relationship with the past. And you are doing the same in a way you're looking at all these various layers of looking at the past, is it not? Yeah, it is actually. See, uh, again, uh, when uh, Vivekananda was telling Sister Nivedita or Okakura, he please visit those potters, uh, the villagers, the village Terakota temple in the rural area of Bengal. And I visited Artpur and I find, yes, why Vivekananda said it is a very, very uh, exceptional Terakota temples are there, even the painted right. scenes are there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is important to know why he said that actually. And what is the exceptional thing? There are many terracottas, but what mm -hmm. makes him to make the, uh, give that statement on? Mm -hmm. So those elements kind of a energize my art practice. You know? Sure, sure, sure. Yes. You know, you know, actually, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Go on. Yeah, yes. No, I was Hello. going to bring Vikram into the conversation because Vikram and I uh, may have made a film. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear Hello? you. Yes, I can yeah, hear yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Vikram and I have made a film uh, in which in a similar way, we are looking at indigenous forms, at, uh, at, at, at religion from the viewpoint of art. I mean, how does, uh, you know, how do we understand it outside of ritual? How do we look at just form? So uh, Vikram, would you like to uh, bring in some of that, uh, you know, investigation into this conversation with Samit? I think he seems to have disappeared. Uh, maybe he lost his link or... Yeah. Uh, can you message him? Or yeah. Should I try to... I, I think he'll come back. Let me see. Yeah, I think he just came back. Uh, Namaskar. COVID-19 unlock ki prakriya ab pure desh mein shuru ho gayi hai. Aise mein apne gharon se bahar tabhi. Ha, to <laughs> I think 
Is, uh, is there a sound lag from your side, Summit? I think he's having difficulties with the connection. He's yeah. frozen. Yeah. This happens quite often on Zoom. Uh, because people are in different time zones and with different yeah. connections. So it happens a lot. Yeah, you cannot control it, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, and it's been raining a lot here. I, I think he was just saying that in Delhi, the weather has been really here too in, in Calcutta. Okay. Yeah, here too in San Cristobal. It rains for half the day. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, Wait, I let me pause this recording till he comes back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hi, Summit, are you there? Can you hear us? I think he's getting kicked out. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Are you back yes. on? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I don't know what's wrong. It's okay. I had paused the recording, but now it's Is back it on. Okay now. Uh, how can you hear me, Summit? Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can hear you now. Yes, I can hear. Okay. Yes. Your okay, picture so. seems to have frozen, though. I think my my connection has some problem. Anyhow. Okay, Samir. Yeah. Do you want to continue with this session, yeah. or do you want to come back uh, some other day? Uh, Maybe we should come back because today it's creating some problem, and uh, I think. The whole uh, tuning and the motion is creating a trouble. So once it is, it is get distracted. So <laughs> I don't think so. So should we come back another day? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think uh, because uh, otherwise it will keep on bouncing back and forth. So I think let's wait for a day which is a little more yeah, it is, stable. It yes. Yes. It's happening because today in Delhi it's a heavy raining, and I don't know because of that some problem happening or not. Just now I have Must connected be. with my mobile. Yeah, so I don't know. Sorry, uh, I mean <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you connected with your mobile phone? Yeah, right now I have connected with my mobile phone because the broadband is not working. Some point. Okay. Okay. If you want, we can go a little longer and try out with the mobile phone if it if it continues. Would you yeah, want yeah. to do that? Sure. Yeah. yeah so, so yeah, Vikram, why, why don't you kick in and kind of uh, uh, talk to Summit a little bit? So Summit, you know, I had actually attended a session at this. Um, Kiran Nadar Museum uh, in Bombay. And, uh, you know, several months ago or maybe a year ago, um, 
and this session was hosted in a in a in a space where they have these discussions on art and kiran nadar initiates many such events and um, there was a lady she's a art historian her name is zera juma boy and she works in uh in the uk and she curates uh, exhibitions and so on so her focus is indian modernism and she was at the time uh, she had come there to talk about the bombay progressives okay the pa the, the progressive artists group and you know what i found was she had a she was fixated on this notion of indian modernism being derivative of european and american uh, influences and not being original and um, you know so she the, the whole uh, discussion was centered on this which i think was a very personal thing for her because she's a immigrant and she was trying to justify and uh, you know very vigorously show that no these are not derivative you know these have uh, their own unique characteristics and she was focused of course on the bombay on the bombay crowd uh, suza raza and and the rest of them so um and this seems to be a tension that i i, I come across a lot um i mean in a globalized world i mean do you actually because influences are you know the borders are permeable people um derive and are influenced either subconsciously or consciously uh, you know you cannot help it whether you're a filmmaker or a, a writer or anything musician um but would you like to speak to this as far as the unique characteristics of indian modernism uh versus a modernism elsewhere uh or is there really a difference you know because i see a modern art in other parts of the world also very much you know lots many of them have uh, been inspired by pre-modern art you know even even people like jackson pollock and and others and picasso and you know they talk about there was an exhibition in new york that i attended where all these american masters and their the influence of mexican art on the american mass on american modernism you know pre-modern and again mexican art when i talk of diego rivera and frida kahlo again what a huge influence their pre-modern traditions had on them you know uh, so is this you know can you maybe talk about this in the context of indian modernism and how do we define modern today that's a big question how do we define uh, modern today in context of india because uh, uh, personally i felt that uh, uh, the, if you consider the idea of modernism uh, in context of west uh they have a very different perspective as i have mentioned earlier but in indians indian indian context the civilization is very very old and we 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 had a very rich tradition and the tradition uh, again and again come back and kind of a uh, influence the artistic practice and also the different parts of india 
it has a very very different experiment like as you mentioned the bombay so definitely there are certain things happen in bengal certain things happen in western part of india central india maybe something happen in the villages of india the village artists because this is also very complex area uh, whom we are including modern because normally artists whenever art historian speaks about modern they speaks about that artists who trained in a art college or they have studied uh, art and somewhere in a legitimate institution but who have not studied art formally they inherit art through their life how do you define that so all these complex questions are there so in that case my idea is not to look at kind of a, uh, the terminology like a modern or postmodern something but maybe in context of india i would prefer the decades some few decades you know some year wise maybe let's say 20 to 60 20 to 30 maybe 1900 to 1920 something like that or before 1900 let's say uh, 1700 to something like that you know that way maybe better understanding uh in case of indian art i don't know what, what is the idea of the what is the but what i realized this is very complex issue because whenever this uh, modernism or modern art in india the book has been written it is not very inclusive it is not very extended studies and one point i must appreciate that with the bengal which is not done by uh, bombay or the southern part of the indian art is the bengal has done extensively research on the past and they want to bring back into their own context own language you know and uh, they want to contextualize uh, with their own time so that practice i don't know i'm very much fascinated about that because bombay and uh, delhi it has a very different delhi shilpi chokro has a very different practice and mostly the bombay artists this raza susainol they all studied abroad and in 2017 i did a whole show in paris as part of my fellowship uh, it is all about uh, that uh, artist uh, many artists whatever i can access in paris because or getting original work is very difficult so raza Uh, this uh, nirod majumdar there are many artists zarina hashmi there are many artists i have included in that show and then i looked at finally jean bonagari's film even and of course they are all coming back to indian root right i mean uh, they they could not really sustain i should not use that word sustain but they could not follow that whole idea of uh, western trail and in that case if you look at the books and journals published from the west during 1900 1920s 1940s many of them i am having in my collection i i must say that whatever ognindranath and his followers were doing the way they have started they have initiated that is much more powerful than anything else in india which is not discussed properly normally we say oh bengal is cool that's a kind of a lyrical painting the lady is sitting under the tree or something other happening but it is not true actually it is not true at all and these huge wide experiments is not happen in chennai neither in bombay nor in delhi in case of theater in case of literature in case of furniture education i mean the whole thing started from the jorashaka house and extended to shantiniketan and many part of the world bengal school may be a working term but it, it extended throughout the whole india 
I think I must uh, uh, <laughs> go to Devashis. The Devashis that would have a uh, yeah, uh, yeah. better knowledge than me yeah, on Devashish this. No, no, no definitely. No, I think it's a really important point that uh, you're making, Shomit. Actually, because that early period of nationalism uh, was centered in Bengal and in Calcutta. So this looking back at history was something which was begun over there. You, you talked about... Uh, you know, the Indus Valley uh, exhibition, you, you talked about, you know, the way in which there was a very conscious attempt to look into the past, which was a scientific, you know, even people like historians like Jodunath Chorkar, etc. There was, it was less, I mean, and, and actually there was a convergence of this looking at uh, mythology and legend, etc., but not looking at it in a legendary way, looking at it in a historical way, looking at it in an archaeological way. So this relationship with the past was very strong. But what happens after the 20s uh, in Indian nationalism, there is a greater urge towards becoming free. But that urge also loses that connection with the past. And it also becomes splintered into urban and rural kind of realities that have different durations. The time, uh, you know, relation it, it changes. And one of the things that happens when we're talking about PAG, the Progressive Artists Group, which begins in the year of our freedom, 1947, is that they... Firstly, are most of them are minorities, you know, most of them are kind of either Muslims, Christians, uh, Dalits, and they belong to another uh, kind of a very interesting peripheral notion of the nation that is also part of India, that, that also is part of India and, uh, and the nation. And it is not true that they don't have a relationship with the past. I mean, of all these artists, I mean, Shumit was talking about how Raza goes back to the past in a really big way. Yeah. Most of his later work is that, yeah. the, the, the neo-tantric work. But what I find really interesting is Hussein. Hussein is, is, is conducting an archival study all his life. Yeah. Even, not only his mythological paintings, every painting, even if you look at the gestures, the way people stand, the way people are positioned, they have references to specific periods of Indian art. He is extremely erudite in terms of his relationship with Indian history. So I think that uh, that kind of notion of Indianism uh, is much more self-conscious in the Bengal uh, early period. And that is why I, I see Shomit interested in that. But it also continues in its own way in, in these other less, more dilute kind of, you know, attempts to construct a past. Yeah, I mean, it's very right. And also, you see, as a visual artist, my idea is to bring back the history or the historical images of the whole archival uh, conversation through my art practice. Because one side, the scholar, they write. There is a textual discussion through the text, your understanding. But how one can understand through the images, that is also important. And also uh, the reprographic system the technology. I mean, these are all very important to understand the art history. Like uh, Major Gill, who documented uh, Ajanta 
uh, even uh, after some time he has documented uh, with that uh, twin lens camera and that gives a very different perspective of ajanta and uh, i have seen many of those photographs and then after that yashdani there are many people year after year they have documented ajanta and every documentation has his own perspective so and that is also a very interesting reading of artistry i believe so how Absolutely. artist engagement can come together into that because always i find this one side is a curator one side is art historian scholar academic and the practicing artist you know it's a big conflict sometime happen and i thought let's it, it's a, it, of course it's a drop in ocean i'm not the person to sort it out or bring everything together but it's just a effort is a small effort to bring everything together and to make understanding make things comfortable make things kind of a uh, vernacular you know if you don't know the efficient language efficient vocabulary okay you look at the image how it, it can be uh, connected with your mind you know the mindscape goes to the past so all these things say whole process i can't say i am a successful i can't say it is done that's why i don't keep any single uh, name of my work yeah, i mean it's a whole series i call is index of our untold stories or bibliography in progress apologue archaeology it's like that and archaeology as i said it's a very very important one and i mean i'm interested why um, the general historian i mean i mean general means i don't know whether it is a right term or not the academic historian who kind of a construct the other histories like palajuks or shenajuk whatever so but those historians has a very very important uh, statement on archaeology what about art historian and after uh, mid 80s or early 90s or maybe before little before that archaeology uh, the folk legend mythology it's all left behind it's just few artists who is constructing modernism how can it possible right no it's very interesting actually uh, shomit also what you just said about technology and the way in which different versions of our relationship with the past are mediated by technology and how we can bring all that into the art practice because in, this is historiography actually it is the, the the graph of history not only just history you're not looking for an authentic origin you're looking for ways in which that origin has been reproduced over time and in each of these reproductions there is erasure there is suppression there is selection there is highlighting and it creates history our our uh, historiography creates the future actually so your uh, ability to bring that into your work in a way is also it's interpretive you're interpreting the archive to show the things that are hidden things that are made more important or less important so that we can actually now see that this there is another alternative picture towards our past and our future so that is another thing i find really interesting about your work yeah i mean if you look at uh, shibramurthy's book if you look at stella cramrys if you look at andre zimmer and now if you go to the same same places with a camera you will never have such photograph you will never have that angle because the lens doesn't exist the technology of photography doesn't exist in that sense 
But again, if you go back to uh, the William Griggs publication, uh, those lithographic prints and uh, the Taj Mahal decoration or many other publication Griggs has done, it itself is art actually. One can really look at those plates and some of the plates uh, made out of 5,000 litho stone. I have seen some of the books in uh, this uh, National Art Library, VNA. They have those books and once you look at those books, you have a different reading uh, with the past. So, uh, Vikram, I think, again, I don't know whether I have given your answer, the idea of modernism in India. It's not very easy. It's a complex. You see, they're wasted when many years they didn't acknowledge, they didn't reveal clearly straight away that Picasso has influence from this African mask and on FSEC, except one painting, the last demo, the demos, those that, you know, something, I, I don't know whether I'm uh, right pronunciation or not. But uh, now I have seen in 2017, 18, uh, there, the a new Picasso museum, Musée de Picasso, they are showing everything openly. Because French has come out and says, no, we need to acknowledge the past. Correct. Yeah. That's very important. And beginning of my discussion, I was uh, talking about the image making process, how you think actually, how the image come into your mind. Artists, we say, oh, we make it. We have developed it. But how? Like your author, they read maybe a thousand books or maybe a few hundred books to write one book. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I mean, when you look at even uh, you look at Indian pre-modern art or other cultures, African or Mesoamerican, and of course, you know what we call modernism today is a lot of those elements you can see, you know, a thousand years ago. So, and you look at Indian tribal art also, and how those motifs are being reproduced, not just by Indian painters, but by European painters. You look at sculpture, you know, uh, Giacometti, Giacometti, his elongated uh, sculptures, you know, I mean, those existed a thousand years ago in Africa, you know, those types of uh, creations. So, so yeah, there's a lot of this going on, of course, and um, it's hard to, the only thing I don't know, you know, maybe, if you look at abstract expressionism, pure abstract expressionism, like Gerhard Richter and, and people in that uh, mold, um, I'm pretty sure even that has uh, a precursor in, in the pre-modern pre era, and Jackson Pollock and people like that, you know. Though I don't, I don't know the specifics, but I'm sure it can be traced back, this so-called abstract, which is which is raw creativity, you know, this is like raw, this is the unprocessed uh, matter of, of creativity when you see abstract expressionism. Uh, before, you know, it's like the, 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 this raw information as it, before our senses uh, crystallize it into meaning, you know. So, um, so yeah, I see a lot of that and it's very interesting. And also, if you look at the old publication, like uh, I have some of those time-lapse famous time-lapse series, the illustrations and now Asian, 
and Far East and also the African and pre-Columbian civilization has right. certain resonances, the inner current. Right. It has shown in the book actually. So old books has a very, very important idea as how they prepared the book, the concept of book, which is very fascinating. I find even in India, like Provashtia and Modern Review of the Chatterjee's Pictures album. And there are many art journals happen, the cultural journals happen. They used to cover the entire world. Russian modern review, they have published the new technological invention those days. Right. I can't imagine that thing can happen in those days. <laughs> Some Bengali sitting in Allahabad and Kolkata and looking at the world inv invention and the scientific invention and they are publishing it. So right. this even, idea, even when you, yeah, I was going to say, even if you look at uh, the attempt to connect with the rural roots, you know, the folk roots, you know, like when Abhinindra Nath uh, wrote uh, Banglar Broto, where he's looking at the exactly. uh, Alpuna forms. Uh, he's making comparisons with Mexico over there. He's actually talking about rituals in Mexico and the designs over there. So it was a really an, a time when people were looking back in the past, not merely from an indigenous point of view, but in a very fluid manner, in a, in a kind of a porous manner. There was a kind of a structuralism of uh, universal forms that was attempted to be decoded. It's an interpretive. I mean, these are all amateur anthropology. It's not scientific anthropology of the academics, just like you said, if the artist looks at forms and they create their amateur anthropology, I think that's really important. That's how we individually create our own vocabularies, our understandings. So that, that's, that's what I see. Tell me, uh, Shomit, also about your relationship with the city, because I see a lot of paintings. You also told me earlier about man-made cities, recent cities, and old cities. I mean, when you look at even Shantiniketan, Kolkata, Jamshedpur, where you come from originally, they are relatively recent cities, though they've seen a lot of change. But Delhi is a very ancient city. It's a, almost a legendary city. So uh, how do you relate to the city in that, in that sense? A lot of your work is about cities. See, I, I born and brought up and grown up in cities like Jamshedpur. And Jamshedpur is a man-made space. Of course, there was a mountain, there's hillocks and things like that. And Tata's, they built up the cities, a very, very modern and planned cities. Of course, after that one year, I was in Kolkata. It's an urban structure. And then I shifted to Shantaniketan for seven years. We all know Shantaniketan is a man-made space. It started from the barren land. And Delhi, the modern Delhi, what I, I live and where I live, where I belong, it, it is something different. And again, it's a man-made space. It has nothing to do with the old Delhi and ancient cities. Right. And, you know, the question of existence, the struggle, that attracts me from Delhi cities. Because Delhi questions every moment who you are, how you are living, how you are doing, what's happening with you. This is a very, very psychological questions and dialogue all the time happen. Shantaniketan never asked that question because you are under shade of that university and the aura of Tagore or many other things. I'm not saying positive or negative, but this is a fact because I stayed there as a student. So 
it was there and of course definitely the space started questioning me why i like that space the hostel under the tree or something how the space has been created i never had any idea that there was a plan behind that even the cactus the cactus planted uh, over there with a plan ratindranath tagore and shurendranath kor every day they used to have a meeting what to do and what to plant and what to construct in the shantiniketan uh, i never had that looking at one once i uh, look at the letters then i understand who oh, what wow, is it that's the thing the same thing when i come to delhi i have to omit and forget everything about shantiniketan start to question who i am because all those 7 years i was under shade of that aura the delhi i have to start a whole new body of samvidas and of course delhi again it's a city lives with the history history and contemporary and most of the indian cities which lives with the history and contemporary so how you are having a dialogue with that once you are in old delhi you have a very different dialogue with that once you are in a urban structure very modern flat like where i live it has a different dialogue but every time i need to keep alive my visual integrity and visual language so that's how the whole struggle and the multi layer the complex uh, root that engage into my art practice and that is one reason i work with the artist book mm. and multi layer because i never satisfied with the one layer actually i never successfully the one layer sometimes mm. yeah <laughs> um that's very interesting um bebashish would you like to talk about your book i know we are uh, also going to do an interview in print but uh that is something i wanted to touch upon you know vis-a-vis uh how we approach art and how it is deployed as a tool of the state or to deconstruct the notion of a nation state and how that played yeah. out so is that can you speak to that please yeah it's interesting actually that's how shomit and i met uh, you know i gave a talk about my book at jnu and that's where shomit was uh, present and when i met him for the first time just after the book came out so the book is about abhinandanath tagore and the origins of the bengal school uh, but it it takes a kind of a, a, a slightly alternative view of the entire idea of nationalism abhinandanath is usually seen as the father of indian nationalist art but if we really look at his work we find that there is a constant kind of you know he he keeps doing new series where he shifts from what he was doing earlier and in each of these he is trying to look at the idea of the nation in a very different way he's not happy about stereotypes and this is exactly where we find that normally nationalism is all about building stereotypes nations come into existence partly through images and they create these images that they reproduce and make into mythologies of the nation and you know those mythologies we are seeing that a lot right now because we find that the whole idea of a ram rajya for example is being mythologized 
and turned into imagery that people are living in dramatically in their lives and pushing upon the whole nation. But in the nationalist period that we are talking about, there was a, a, a pressure to do that. But artists like Abhinindranath were resisting that. They were creating forms and breaking those forms, deconstructing it, moving to something else, looking at another way of understanding that entire thing. And the way I've, I've tried to deal with that in my book is to show how the nation to some extent has to have an identity. But the responsibility of the artist or the creative person is to show that that identity has to keep deconstructing itself. If you make an identity that is stereotypical, then you basically are feeding into some kind of fascist view of the nation. But if at the same time you are constantly bringing in new narratives, the narratives of the people who have been denied, whose voices have been suppressed because of the selection process of creating a nation, then you keep the dialogue alive. And this keeping alive, you know, this is also partly, uh, you know, what interests me about Shamit's work is that the, the, under the ground, there are the ruins of the past that we also are suppressing to some extent. We are building on top of. But at the same time, those things are living in us and through us. They are the ghosts, the specters that are in our, you know, minds and in our hands, but we deny them. So to some extent, the book is talking about that. It's talking about how a responsible artist has to keep changing uh, their own focus. They, you know, that, that's another thing that Shomit and, you know, I can ask Shomit about as well, which is about the notion of style in modern art. Uh, we, we normally try to uh, stereotype artists by their style. All the paintings of a certain person can be recognized by style. This is also an art historiographical thing. Art historiography is about establishing styles, periods of history, names, and styles. While actually you find that there is no need to do that. Our identity is actually something which needs to change. And our style is related to who I'm becoming right now. I find that, would you like to talk about that, Shumit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you see, as an artist, as a contemporary artist, even always uh, uh, I have to listen that, oh, uh, why don't you develop a style, you know, and also the auction houses and uh, when the gallery comes in the commercial aspect everywhere, it's all about the style. But what is style exactly? What is the integrity of style? And that is totally distorted and deconstructed by Avanindranath. He never established anything. And I think many people, they misunderstood that whole movement as a narrow nationalism. It was never, as Devashisda mentioned, that uh, if, you men if you built up a style, it's a kind of a whole fascist order. Okay, this is the order, this is the style, this is the thing you have to do, this is I made it. No, nothing like that. Every time it is changing because your life is also changing. Your life is also changing. Like Avanindranath said uh, regarding uh, Alpuna, he is ephemera. Why we need to preserve that? Right. It's a fascinating actually. So in case of art also, we never 
live a same life. We, we cannot have the same realization. So making superficial style in context of modernism or postmodernism or as a branding, I think is a totally misleading idea in that sense. Okay. It makes sense. What do you think of contemporary art, Indian contemporary art? And You're asking um, me? Yeah, I'm asking you actually. What are your <laughs> views on? Uh, what are your views on these, uh, you know, very up and coming uh, artists who, who get a lot of media attention, and uh, uh, they they show their works all over the world, like. There is Jitish Kalat, and there is, uh, you know, these various other people. As the names slip my mind right now, but you probably know better than me. So this is a whole different space. I mean, they're using various elements. They're even using themselves, you know, as in performance art, you know, inspired by Marina Abramovich and so on. Now you have Indian artists into performance art. And uh, so where, you know, literally the whole, they're trying to reimagine or subvert what is art itself, you know? I mean, Andy Warhol, he said, what did he say? He said, art is anything you can get away with. You can call it art. And if you get away with it, it's fine. You're an artist, you know? And now you see people taking it to extremes, literally, you know? Um, where somebody will come on a stage, perform a sex act or defecate or, you know, somebody has a dog tied to a pole, you know, or a woman is standing naked and she invites people to uh, do whatever they want with her. And so there are these very, very uh, radical and very interesting notions. Um, and they combine video, they combine... Um, the, the, the whole, the environment, you know, where you have uh, sensory, you have, they create sounds, they create a sound, soundscape, you know, where one of your senses is, is uh, you know, you're not, you don't see, but you can only hear. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot of experimentation in this area, in India and also in other, other uh, are you familiar with this? And would you like to speak yes, about it? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You see, it's an endless thing happening and it's a endless items on your plate because the liberation of the technology, the democracy of technology, social media platform, I mean, social media is something where there is no censorship in that sense, quote unquote, there are many possibilities. But as a person, if you ask me personally, I must say that whatever touches me, touches my mind, touches my eyes, or touches my heart, touches inside the inner energy, I stop on that. I stick to that. Otherwise, uh, it's endless. Like the morning, you open Instagram, you open uh, news, uh, you open Facebook, but uh, you don't read, you don't see everything. Something you see, something you just half read, something you read completely, something you read with your mind and heart and with your all underlines and dots and full stuff, you know. So there are always a category on that. So in case of art also, for me, it's all about that. 
I mean, whatever it touches me, even if it is a sound, even if it is a performance, whatever the uh, advertising, the alphabets, the billboard, uh, any joke, whatever, it, anything today, anything people say it's art. Well, it's art, that's fine, there's no problem. But my acceptance is that area where I get my own taste, where I can have the taste, you know, where my test bird is smelling something. Because it's a very personal choice. I can't generalize it. It's very difficult to give any general answer. Okay, this is good. This is bad. No, I'm not the person to judge yes, it. Yes, uh, yes. Because everybody is... has their own freedom. Like a social platform, I mean, everybody can write anything on the morning, uh, whatever they feel like. Okay, if you don't like to see, just knows them. You don't look at them. Okay, you just bypass it. Even these days, it's endless. Like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, earlier, maybe uh, we used to say, oh, it's too much of food. We can't eat, actually. Maybe you have expected some 10 items, 10 course dinner or lunch, and uh, they gave you some 15 or 20. But now it is uh, some millions and billions of options. It, it, it is just out of the control. And of course, there is a AI. That is a huge thing in your life. Yeah, it's a huge thing because everywhere the navigation is there. Right. So sometime on one point, your mind is getting controlled. You are living into that patternistic life. And it's very difficult to get out from that uh, pattern because the pattern has created the right. video game or the software, whatever. It's a pattern. Simple. It's a it's a kind of a combination of this and that. Maybe there are some millions, there are some few billions, whatever. Of course, there is a limitation on that. So again, as an Victor, artist, I'll, I'll see... have to I'll have to leave. Sorry, I'll have to leave now. Uh, I think okay. uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll take your leave uh, for now, and uh, I think we can reconvene later. And Vikram can continue talking to you, Shonit. Thank okay. you, Devashishda. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. It's a wonderful session, I think. Thank you for talking. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. We'll talk again. Thank you, Devashishda. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Bye. 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 So, yeah, yeah, Vikram, I mean, that is what I can say, actually. Yeah, because it seems that we have come into a time when Art can be anything, literally anything, you know. And um, there is a lot of debate around this, of course. And um, you have people like Damien Hurst, and um, you know he stuffed. He was he started by stuffing animals. He was stuffing yeah. animals, putting them up on a stage, yeah. and selling them for I don't know hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> So how do you define value in art? This is another subject. That's you know? another art. That's another <laughs> art, you know. <laughs> I mean, what is it? It's imputed value. It's Because it's not value in terms of what human beings need. You know, this is a different type of value. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting. But... Uh, Anyway, so I think. Uh, Do you yeah. think that uh, 
I have given all the answer. I mean, that is the expected uh, question get answered. Uh, you got it? Yeah, I got it. I got it, definitely. And uh, thank you for, you know, for attending the show. And uh, we will have to uh, edit it somewhat. And then uh, once it is yeah, yeah. ready, um, I will let you know. And uh, we'll post it online. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And include the image, as you mentioned. So yeah. image is also important. Okay. And that way people will understand, okay, how we are talking. Because sometimes discussion on art, visuals are very important, actually. Right. I'm going because to put them in. The, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So thank, thank you. Thank you, Vikram. Thank you, Samir. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Big Turtle Podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. See you next time.
Thanks for listening to the Big Turtle Podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. See you next time.